0: Well hi and welcome to another episode of She Speaks Stories. This is
1: Portia and this is Katie and we are so excited to kick off a brand new season of She Speaks Stories. I
0: know if you are new to She Speaks Stories you're like okay why is it such a big deal that you're starting a season because once upon a time we just went. (laughs) There were no seasons. We just went on and on and on. And so it's something new that we started. And so we are at the beginning of season three. And that's so great. I love
1: it. And, uh, and I'm like, this is season two. And Portia's like, no, it's season three. I'm like, wait, what? Explain, Portia. Well,
0: it's because when we the podcast first started and we just were recording episodes, it just was. So all of those lumped together is season one. And then we started with season two, and now we're on season three. And part of that is because our, our host site, it makes you, once you switch to seasons, you have to number them. So we're in three, and three is a great number.
1: There you go. We are in three, and we love it. And we're so excited about this theme for, mm-hmm. um, for this new season. It's all about hope. Most of you know that I wrote a book called She Speaks Stories Finding Hope, Help, and Healing in a Hard World. So uh, we just thought, let's feature stories of other women who have found hope when they felt desperate, have found mm-hmm. help when they felt inadequate and freaked mm-hmm. out and overwhelmed, and have found healing. When something was just so broken. So um, so this first season, we're just focusing on hope. And the guest we have this morning, listeners, oh my goodness, her <laughs> name is Athena Dean Holtz. And why, one reason why you're going to absolutely love her, if you've listened to this podcast for long, you know that there was about a year where I kept talking about writing a book. Most of you are like, just write it already, you know, (laughs) Um, but it was a long process and there was lots of insecurity involved in writing a book and actually trying to figure out how would I publish it? Who cares? How would I get it out there? Blah, blah, blah. Well, through the way God works in his sovereign hand, I met Athena Dean Holtz, who actually owns a publishing company redemption press and i was so nervous for my uh initial interview with her because i'm like oh i'm a nobody she doesn't is she, will she even give me the head nod like okay immediately athena put me at ease i felt like i had just met a friend and encouraged me, embraced me, said, Oh, you have a military background, so do I. I love books with that. It, la, la, la. And it really was largely due to Athena's professionalism, mm-hmm. her kindness, her heart for the Lord, um, and it, it, just her company yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that I was even able to, to get this book out. So, um, listeners, you're gonna love. Meeting Athena today in her own story? Oh mm-hmm. my, put on your seatbelt. Uh, but Portia, why don't you read Athena's bio and then we'll get her on here and you can actually hear from her? Sounds great. So, Athena is a gal with a heart for the Lord, even though her story didn't start that way. She
0: wanted to be successful in business, just like her dad. And so she did just that. She was quickly promoted and established, but God brought her to him when her life started to crumble. Christianity brought her the hope she needed to strengthen her marriage until she was hit with a joke-like season and stripped of everything she held dear. But God wasn't done writing her story. Her restoration through some difficult times has brought her a new understanding, passion, and energy to bring help, support, and healing to the world around her. Welcome, Athena.
2: Thank you so much for having
0: me. We're so glad that you're here. We're so glad that you're here. Um, what's it like just sitting there while we're we're talking about you and then like, okay,
2: you're on. <laughs> it's certainly humbling to realize, you know, that God could use such craziness in a life, brokenness, mm-hmm. and have it offer hope to yeah. others. You know, yeah. that's just like, wow, God.
1: Yeah. I I just don't know how he does it, but He really does. Amen. Amen. And Athena, you and I actually got to hang out together last uh, February. Was that in February? It was. (laughs) At this beautiful conference that Athena and her team put on. And then this huge expo where we got to meet booksellers. And that was so much fun. And Athena, I... I mean, I knew you from working with you to get get my own book published, but I didn't know your personal story until I met you face-to-face. And everybody that would introduce you from the stage and talk and say things, they would say, and Athena had a background of spiritual abuse. And I'm like, wait, what? Athena? Are you serious? What, What? What's the background? Well, thankfully... I won in a raffle, your book that you wrote called <laughs> full circle, coming home to the faithfulness of God. And when I got back from that conference, Athena, i cracked that book open and read it in like two nights. <laughs> Listeners, you're going to hear, um, where do you find hope when you are so spiritually confused, beaten down, um, you're going to hear that story from Athena. But like usual, we love to start at the beginning because we're women and we like the details. So (laughs) Athena, tell us just a little bit about yourself, kind of how you were raised, that kind of background stuff. You bet. Well, I grew up um,
2: with no, uh, never heard the gospel, never went to VBS, never went to um, anything that told the story of Jesus. So that was not part of my growing up years. Um, My grandmother was a unity minister, which is very new agey. And, uh, you know, I just, I really never once heard the gospel until I was 33 years old. Um, But my dad was, you know, a self-made millionaire. And uh, I kind of had his personality. So that was, I gravitated toward, you know, what he was good at. I wanted to be good at because he was always in the spotlight. So I of course wanted to be in the spotlight. And my mom was just very, you know, she wished I was like my big brother who was quiet and compliant (laughs) and just the perfect child. And I was like, a wild child and strong-willed. And, you know, I mean, she did not know what to do with it. <laughs> There was that rejection that, you know, I didn't really identify it as that until much later, but um, it was not a very healthy um, culture. Our family dynamic was not real healthy. And, so you know, my dad actually ended up having a double life. I mean, he had this woman on the side that my mom ended up finding out about, and so he was living this double life. And and uh, without me really knowing it, I was wanting who, to be like who he was, mm-hmm. and so that that definitely shaped uh, a lot of my uh, yeah. I mean, it's really set me up for different types of trauma and abuse that just um, definitely made me move in directions that I maybe wouldn't have gone in had I had a different, you know, family of origin.
1: Wow.
0: Amen. We're impacted by the people that we live with, whomever is in our home. I often ask the question: "Was like, who are the people in your home?" Especially to children, mm-hmm. I'm asking because you never know what the parental situation is going to be. And I'm so thankful that God doesn't disqualify us for how we were raised or where we were raised, and mm-hmm. He's so faithful to heal those those spots. It impacts us, it and, um, it affects us, but it doesn't have to define us the things that were negative. And I'm just I'm I'm thankful that he does that. I'm looking forward to hearing how this unravels for you, Athena. You were a successful businesswoman. You did follow in your dad's footsteps in that way. Um you did, you got married. You married a Vietnam vet. Thank you for his service. Um, and then you mentioned that you didn't hear the gospel until you were 33. So, what was it that happened that caused you to even look for
2: the Lord? At that point in my life, someone had asked me, Are you a Christian? And I'm like, I mean, at this point, I was like a Christian hater. I mean, I just thought they were stupid and like losers. And, you know, I mean, I'm just like, I don't need a crutch. Uh, but someone asked me, Was I a Christian? I'm like, Well, I'm not Jewish. Mm-hmm. And I'm an American. So yeah, I guess I am. You know, I mean, that's yeah. my, that was my level of understanding what being a Christian was. Mm-hmm. But um, my husband and I um, were around, we had a bunch of Christians around us in this insurance business that I was mostly in. He mm-hmm. uh, A lot of Vietnam veterans struggle with sticking to jobs and you know that's just part of their ptsd and uh so he didn't really do much with me in the business but he um i got him started on a a fundraising um project that i had learned from my dad different fundraising for different nonprofits and he had gotten into the um and i don't even know what to call it um uh, it was called the Freeman movement where they believe that the only real money is gold or silver and that yeah. you shouldn't have to have a license or pay taxes or pay social security. And mm-hmm. he was like, Hey, I fought for this country. I don't need a driver's license to drive on these roads. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's pretty bizarre mm-hmm. that he um, and that, but that was the movement was you know, we really don't have to do what the law says to do because we, you know, we shouldn't have to. We mm-hmm. fought for our country. And so he was around a whole lot of people who all believed that same thing. I mean, he actually had his license plate. He created his own license plate that said, just skip it and had oh. that on his car. Wow. Wow. And- And he started putting all the money from the fundraising through this bank. It wasn't like everything was backed up by gold. It was, there was no, anything else was funny money. So Mm -hmm. he was very extreme into that. Mm -hmm. And here I was selling insurance and securities. And talk about two opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. And I was driving into work one day where I was, I had an office downtown Seattle, and I was already a a senior vice president, one of the very, you you know, there weren't very many women Mm -hmm. in that uh, level. It was a man's business. Sure. And so I'm on my way in and I hear on the radio, on Cairo News in Seattle, Chuck and Athena Dean indicted for charity fraud. And I'm like, what, What?" you know, I mean, I was really angry because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, I figured out that because he believed in this Freeman thing that he didn't file the business license, he didn't do all the legal things that you needed to do that the government required, because of course in that movement, the government is, you know, you you don't have to do what they tell you to do. Right. And uh, But because I was married to him, I was automatically, yeah. you know, part of it, even though right. I had nothing to do with it. Right. So, I mean, I almost lost my business because mm-hmm. of that. And I right. basically said, you know what, you're done. I'm, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm done with this. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, every six months we kind of went through like, okay, I can't handle this anymore. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so it wasn't like we didn't already have like a kind of unhealthy marriage with the PTSD that really never got dealt with. Mm -hmm. Um, So I came home from a meeting. I went away for a conference, came home and he was different. Like what happened to you? I mean, he was actually like, I liked the difference. Wow. And he finally told me, well, you know, I I called Bill and told him, you know, I was just crying about Mm. us, you know, breaking up and everything going the way it has. And he, I, I said the prayer, I gave my life to Jesus. And he actually said that he did it on a lark. It was kind of like, well, you know, I haven't tried that. So sure, I'll try it. Wow. (laughs) And he, I mean, God took him at his word and he changed him. And so I'm like, I I was still, I was not going to change my mind. We were done. Mm -hmm. That was all there was to it. And just God just very slowly started softening my heart until like maybe two days later, Chuck says, well, can we try again? And I go, okay. And I mean, I look behind me and I'm like, who said that? Because I did not want to say that. Mm -hmm. I, I did not want to try again. I was absolutely done. And All of a sudden I realize. okay, I said yes to that, which means I'm going to have to be one of them. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm going to have to be one of those Christians that I think are stupid. And I'm, (laughs) so it was like this, I'm wrapping my head around this going, Mm -hmm. okay. I mean, I I'm, I was very outspoken about what I thought about Mm Christian. So it was kind of humbling to realize that, okay, uh, I'm going to have to be one of them. So um, my friend, uh, another manager in the business, like Bill, who was the one who prayed with Chuck. um, I just called him and said, well, uh, I, I guess I need to find out what, this is all about. And he sent wow. me near Christianity. I feel oh. like and honestly, I do not even remember what I read. Mm-hmm. I mean, to this day, I haven't gone back to read it again. I do not remember what he said, but at one point in the middle of the book, I realized I needed a savior Wow! and I was not, I mean, I thought I was God, you know, in my <laughs> own world, I was God. I called the shots. Yeah. I made things good. And I realized that that was not uh, who I really was Mm -hmm. and what I really needed. And so I called him back and said, Mike, I guess I need to say this, whatever this prayer thing is, whatever I need to do, you you need to help me. And that was 30, when I was 33, that was when that happened. And the amazing thing of my salvation was I coming out of. Scientology and the new age, that was what my background was Mm -hmm. in Hollywood, working with celebrities and stuff. I worked for Helen Reddy's husband and all sorts of different. So the amazing thing about my salvation, I just, uh, earlier in my life leading up to being saved, I had been in Scientology. I had been in the new age, all sorts of deception and, uh, the culture of Scientology is everybody cusses up a storm. I mean, it's Mm. just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And so I was every other sentence out of my mouth included the F-bomb. It just was my language. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: I look back now and think about all these believers around me they were not wincing mm-hmm. they were not not shocked mm-hmm. they did not like really yeah. you have to talk that way they didn't do that at all yeah. they just love me mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm like okay well here i say the prayer and i mean to tell you every f bomb every other cuss word that was mm-hmm. my normal absolutely went away. Wow. Like boom.
0: Wow.
2: Holy spirit mouthwash.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) I did not know that you didn't put that in your book or I skipped over that part because the very same thing happened to me. I I was very foul mouthed Yep, and I thought I was so hip and cool Mm -hmm. cussing up a storm and um, that it made me kind of edgy and cool Mm -hmm. and literally went and i got saved really through a book too i mean other other factors Mm -hmm. but i read more than a carpenter by josh mcdowell okay and that was my turning point just kind of like you know uh mere christianity for you and that was one of the signs of life change yep was i could not Now, every now and then something would slip, but I could not habitually Mm -hmm. have a foul mouth anymore. Um, Anyway, keep going. So in, oh, let me insert one more thing. Listeners, I hope you're hearing um, about a salvation experience Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that is just different. Um, Sometimes we think being saved needs to be like this formula and mm-hmm. like this cookie cutter, you know, and like, oh, it needs to go down this way. I loved Athena. First of all, that you said your husband really was just on a lark in a way like, yeah. well, nothing else is working. I might as well try this right? and yet, God in his mercy and grace and power literally took that moment of surrender despite the motives. And didn't change. And then you, you were opposed to even wanting to be a Christian. And yet you're like, well, I better find out about it. If I'm really going to attempt to patch up the marriage, I better find out what he's into now. I better, you know, blah, blah, blah. And God in his mercy and grace, God is the author of salvation. Sometimes we think it's us like, well, I... I asked him into my heart.
2: Well, (laughs) he had to draw you first. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Amen. I don't know, listeners. I just I just hope you tune into that part of Mm -hmm. Athena's story because I think that's amazing. And part of the reason we love to showcase so many different stories is because God is such a big God and we are also unique and He works with us in unique ways. And so even the salvation. Um, part of Athena's stories should give, give so many of us hope. Okay. Mm So moving
2: on. So you have, if you have someone in your life that is so worldly and Mm -hmm. so hard to be around and so, you know, cussing up a storm and Mm -hmm. that really God can absolutely penetrate that hard heart and, and
1: save them.
0: That's So. so good. That's so good. All right, and what so.
1: hope for those of us, of course, we all have people in our lives that exactly. you're like, well, I don't think he can save that one. <laughs> you know, he's too far gone or he's too hard or whatever. Right. Nothing is impossible. Exactly. With God. And listen to that. Okay. So, Athena, so you get your husband gets saved, you get saved, you start going down a great path keep going. Then what? Well, we
2: jumped into full-time ministry, like oh. almost immediately, not a good idea. Um, you know, you're supposed to kind of grow and mature <laughs> yeah. before you do that. Maturity and helps a bit. Spiritual
1: maturity <laughs> helps a bit if you're going to jump into ministry. However,
2: And he was, he just felt drawn to reaching out to Vietnam veterans and sharing the love of Christ. And so he was a total evangelist. And so he started um, a ministry that had been uh, incorporated as a 501c3, but the guy who incorporated Vietnam veteran, passed away. So Mm -hmm. the widow gave us the 501c3 paperwork and said, here, do it. You guys are doing it. Mm -hmm. And it was called Point Man Ministries, And uh, we started um, basically talking about PTSD to veterans and their family members before PTSD was even like really a word that everybody uses. And we started having small group meetings in churches across the country with um, Vietnam veterans. And then their wives would be in a separate group and just evangelizing them and helping them open up and talk about their pain and be able to like actually you know, process it. Cause back in those days, Vietnam veterans were not well-regarded. Yeah. And so there, it was never safe for them to do that. And mm-hmm. so that was like before PTSD was a word and before small groups was a thing, Yeah, we were doing that. And part of the problem was that you know, I didn't know the difference between scripture in context and out of context or any, Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't know anything. I was just excited about Jesus, what he Mm -hmm. did for me, what he did for Chuck. And here we were going for it. And, um, we, ended up, I mean, I started realizing that PTSD was not just for the Vietnam veterans,
0: Mm -hmm. that
2: we as women married to them had our own trauma and our own baggage. And I'd been through, you know, sexual, uh, abuse as a child, and then uh, got an abortion when I was 18, then ended up marrying, before my Vietnam veteran, I married another guy who beat me up, broke my arm while I was nursing my six-month-old, you know, so I'd been through all this trauma, so of course, being successful and working like I did, that was my drug of choice, that was how I self-medicated. Right. And so we were like, okay, wait a minute. We need to be talking to these women, not about how to, you know, understand your vet. Let's talk about how to understand your own pain and what's Mm -hmm. that doing in your life. And just to make a really long, that part of the story short, um, what we realized was that our wounds were controlling us because when you, have something that's still raw, still bleeding, still not a scar, it's still infected. It controls everything you do and how you respond. You get triggered by, you know, anything that was similar to that trauma. I mean, we're seeing all this stuff and going, wow. And and here's the scripture that God just, it was a life-changing moment. Uh, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. I think it's Psalm 147, I think. Oh, Psalms. Yeah. And so, so we were the three of us, we were uh, Vietnam veteran wives doing ministry together. We looked up the Hebrew on the word wound in that scripture. And there it was. It said wound at That was the Hebrew word. It is an idol
0: whoa
2: <laughs> yeah because it's <gasps> like oh, we're in idolatry and we don't even know it which means we are opening up our lives to the enemy <sighs> unknowingly and he's taking full advantage of it and we're oh, like
0: oh because my this god. was something that was defining you and anything that defines you outside of god is an idol yeah. oh my
2: yeah. Oh my. So it was like holy oh, holy lord forgive us. You know, I mean we go through repenting for our idolatry that we didn't even know we were committing and mm. it was just like super wow. And so I'm I start to tell these women, okay, based on this scripture, I mean, we had all the mental, emotional Physical PTSD symptoms, but this was the spiritual. Yes. Right. And it was like, (laughs) whoo. I mean, it was like amazing to make that connection. Right. Yeah. So I'm telling all these women, ladies, here's what's happening. We need to repent and then we need to let God in to heal us because we've all been coping in different ways and mm-hmm. stuffing it down and not letting God in. Cause of course we get saved and I'm a new creation. Don't look back, press forward. But yeah. Well, yeah, that's all true. But if you've got unhealed wounding, that is gangrene. Yeah. You need to let God in there so that yeah. you can get healed from that. Oh Amen. Absolutely- So I'm telling all these women to do that. But did I do that? No. I did not. I did not practice what I preached
1: because it's so much easier to oh yeah, so (laughs) much easier to do surgery on their own soul and wounds than it is to actually open up. Oh, yes, but and you were a babe still. Yes, you Mm -hmm. were still a babe in Christ. Yeah, yeah. trying desperately to help and yet no grounding yourself right Right.
2: Mm-hmm. so i didn't know what i didn't know was really right. going yeah. on and so yeah. because of that um disobedience which is what mm-hmm. it was um mm-hmm. i was basically set up for mm-hmm. deception wow. and wow. For being uh abused spiritually because i was i mean god told me what i needed to do and i didn't do it so wow. I, of course I did. Did I see it at the time? Of course not. Oh, <laughs> it was oh only looking God. back going, oh, that's how I was vulnerable.
1: Uh, exactly. Self deception is self deception. It wouldn't be called that if we knew we were being deceived at the time, right? Exactly. exactly. So you are just an open door waiting. For the enemy exactly i mean i mean not knowingly but in a way for him to move in and oh mm-hmm. yep and this is how he did it
2: we had um the first uh ministry tool that we developed was a book about ptsd that we couldn't get published by any big publishers and so we ended up publishing it ourselves in the mm-hmm. ministry and a person stepped forward and paid for the whole thing. And it was a raving success. And Multnomah picked up the rights to it after we sold the first 10,000. And it actually, that experience is what got me into publishing. Oh, and okay. so we founded, we co-founded Wine Press Publishing. We were the first like legitimate custom publisher. And I kind of spearheaded the independent publishing movement in the Christian market back in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. And eight years in, I mean, we were a going concern. I mean, everyone, professionals, editors, publishers recommended people to us when they couldn't, you know, publish them for whatever reason, They they knew they could trust us. And so they would send people to us. And we ended up eight years in publishing a book for a wolf called himself mm-hmm. a pastor. I met his wife at a writer's conference. I was, ju- you know, but they were like, we've got this message and it's just a little too edgy. So traditional publishers wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't want to risk um, right. you know, really being uh, zealous for the truth. And mm-hmm. we have the truth. We're on the narrow road and they're on the wide road. And so wow. this grooming starts happening of how We have the truth; other people don't. And because I didn't know the difference between scripture in context and out of context, I had no idea that this pastor and his wife were cherry picking scripture. They were proof texting, is what that's called, and picking one verse to validate their agenda. When, if you read it in context, doesn't even mean what they're making it mean. But I, I didn't know it, Mm -hmm. and so that was a a area of vulnerability that the enemy took full advantage of. And um, so over a period of 12 years, he got me, he and his wife got me to divorce my husband in the name of Jesus. Let the unbeliever leave. Um, He got me to not talk to my kids for 12 years. They're idolaters have nothing to do with them. Um, I mean, eventually he got me to turn over my three point five million dollar publishing company for ten bucks to him and his wife because they God sent them to save me from losing oh. my salvation because I was a women a woman and women shouldn't be in charge of a business like that I mean that's totally twisting that scripture I was not being oh. a pastor yeah <laughs> whatever so yeah so I ended wow. up I ended up losing every, I mean, the minute I turned it over, yeah, they cut my pay in half. I couldn't afford my house payment. I couldn't, uh, you know, my credit was shot. I mean, I ended up, they immediately demoted me, uh, demoted me again, demoted me again to where I was actually cleaning the bathrooms and emptying trash in the company that I co-founded. What? it was pretty bizarre and then of course the scriptures were well no uh no discipline seems pleasant at the time okay mm-hmm. i'd like to be flogging myself going lord what are you trying to teach me from this discipline right. i know i have a bitter root you know i mean every time you'd question yeah the leadership you would get told that you have a you know get the plank out of your own eye uh you're just have a bitter root so you're causing division but in reality, when when you're seeing something and you're trying to to understand why this doesn't quite seem right, that's what they do: they shame and they shun and they yeah. manipulate and they
1: control. And yeah, it was Athena, quite um, yeah. reading reading about how you descended into that in the book. Listeners, obviously, Athena is telling that in about. <laughs> five minutes um
0: mm-hmm.
1: what happened but the day by day deception drawing in confusing mm-hmm. um it I just really applaud that you will be vulnerable enough to really yeah. share this story I think it's so important you pick up the paper today or turn on the news and you hear stories Of regular people really just getting sucked into this these crazy cults or movements that you know from the outside we're like well that doesn't even make sense exactly but from the inside it's a slow scary uh, slope and that I mean when I heard down at that conference oh she was spiritually abused for like twelve years I'm like Athena. I mean, she's she's mm-hmm. brilliant, she's a successful, hardworking businesswoman, she mm-hmm. she loves the Lord. How would someone like that right? I put air quotes around that because bottom line, wow, yeah. we're all we're all vulnerable to being preyed upon mm-hmm. spiritually and deceived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I was a new Christian. I had been yeah. in
2: ministry full time. I mean, Mm -hmm. I had articles in magazines about my Mm -hmm. first book "The consumed by success. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was well known in the industry. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was some new Christian that was
1: being deceived. I but you had never been taught to dig deep into the word and keep things in context. Right. I mean, I'm not putting words in your mouth. That's, that's exactly right. right.
0: Well, there was that. And then you said, okay, that they convinced you to divorce your husband and to not speak to your children. I would imagine that there were other isolation type tactics. Oh yeah. So anybody who could have reflected the genuine truth of Jesus Christ and his word to you, you didn't have community with them anymore, right?
2: Exactly. That is yeah. all part of how cults, I mean, cause it really was a cult. I mean, mm-hmm. that's bottom line but that's what they do. They isolate you from family, friends, anyone who could speak truth to you. Mm -hmm. They, you know, turn every people like that, turn everything around when it's something they're actually doing, like they're Mm -hmm. actually being greedy or they're, or they're cheating on you. I mean, this is typical for abusive spouses and narcissists who, Mm -hmm. you know, basically whatever they're doing, they are, they're, uh,
1: saying you're doing, they're accusing you. of yeah. isn't, that, yeah. isn't that the term gaslighting? Yep. yep. I keep hearing that term gaslighting and I'm like, okay, I think you just defined exactly what that is. And they make yeah. you feel like the crazy one, right? right. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's what this guy did. And I,
2: because you have to remember, and I didn't realize this until I asked the Lord, what the heck was that? What? How yeah. did I get? that deceived. Mm
1: -hmm. And it
2: was, he took me back to my vulnerability. My unhealed wounds left me vulnerable to deception.
1: Amen. And, and he gave you some glimpse as to how to bring healing to the point where you could tell other women, but there was something in you that blocked it in yourself and that left you wide open. Right. It It did. And so what was good about it was I was able then to own. Okay. This
2: wasn't just them. I couldn't just point the finger at them. Look what they did to me. They're evil, which is true. I mean, what they did was evil, right? But I had, I had to own my part. Wow. I mean, it's it's totally different than someone who's a child who has sinned against, right? They don't, they didn't make a decision that made a bad decision that brought that on. No, right. That's totally different but this was as an adult, I mean, I ignored red flags.
1: Mm. I,
2: you know, he showed me all sorts of things that, you know, I could say, you know what my bad, because that was my sin that I did not obey God uh, Mm -hmm. and get, you know, get the healing that I needed. I did not get into scripture. I mean, I could talk the talk, but I wasn't really walking it. And so, you know, once I owned all of those things and realized that I played a part, I had to, I had to repent for my part in that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I could release them. I mean, they have never had to uh, take responsibility or be held accountable for what they did to me. I mean, they stole um, four million dollar company basically. Yeah. Yeah. And um. Yeah, and but it's you know I can let that go, and I can go. You know what? God actually can use that and yeah. use that horrible experience to bring glory <laughs> to Himself and to
1: send hope to mm-hmm. other people you know, yeah. Yeah. in a of ways. The yeah. they, the verse that popped in my mind when you said that was when the apostle Paul was praying and he said, um, Lord, grant them the kindness of mm-hmm. repentance that mm-hmm. they might come to a knowledge of the truth and escape the trap that the enemy has set for them. And mm-hmm. that is okay. what God did. Tried to warn you up front, yeah. but Then allowed, allowed your free will, your free will yeah. You yeah. go down a path, allowed their free will to sin against you, allowed mm-hmm. it, allowed it, allowed it. But then he was never going to let you go all the way. I mean, he, he respects our free will. And yet when you are his, he will rescue when the time comes. And he granted you that kindness of repentance where you really did come to a knowledge of the truth and you escaped.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Athena, you talked earlier about, um, you know, I didn't know the difference between reading scripture in context or taking it out of context. So just the importance of knowing scripture um, in your time with ministry, running a publishing company and proving this to be true, how important it is to know scripture. What is it, what is specifically important when it comes to putting on the armor of God? And maybe I'm going to ask you to define that a little bit. I don't want to take for granted that everybody knows what that
2: is. Okay. Okay. Well, in Ephesians six, where Paul talks about, you know, that we are to take up the full armor of God to uh defend ourselves from the fiery darts of the evil one, from the schemes of the evil one. I mean, that that was also one of the things that um, as I look back on the timeline, like just months before this whole diversion happened and i ended up getting sucked in by this man and his wife um we had as a ministry realized the um parallel between guerrilla warfare the Viet Cong mm-hmm. in vietnam the way guerrilla warfare works and satan's strategies they are completely i mean All the other wars were conventional warfare. You march up and you're red and you have your gun and they see Mm -hmm. you and you see them and you shoot each other. Right. In guerrilla warfare, it's sneaky. It's There ambushes up in the up in the trees in the jungle, like hiding, camouflaged,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: being a sniper going for like they would go for hitting The first, the point man, the first guy in the lineup, um, and just create havoc or they put mines in the ground or booby traps or what. And you think through those things and go, that is exactly how Satan operates. And I mean, scripture tells us he is like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That is not written to unbelievers. That's written to us as believers. That's and right. so if we're given the armor, I mean, if we don't put the armor on every day and I dare say out loud, yeah, because the enemy can't read your mind, God can read your okay. mind. The enemy right. cannot. Yes. So it's like, if we put the armor on, we need to say it out loud. So he hears us right. and all of his hosts that are trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to create havoc. This, you know this day in our mm-hmm. lives because we're trying to do something that's going to build up the kingdom. If we don't say it out loud and actually put that armor on every day, yeah. we are spiritual streakers, <laughs> <laughs> and
1: that's not a good. That's, that's not good. That's not a good. look, people. No, that is not good. a good look. You don't. No. Know. No. No. <laughs> So that
2: is, I mean, that is a big deal. Um, I even teach on it Mm -hmm. and have a like download where people can download the actual, how I put on my armor every morning before I do anything, before my quiet time or anything, I will walk around my house, put on the armor out loud. And I just think that's our part. I mean, we have to put on the armor and we have to stand firm. Yeah. Resist him. That's what scripture That's says. Right. To resist him. We can't That's pretend right. he's not there. Right. We can't think, oh, we're giving him too much credit or whatever. Hey, he his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's who he right. is. Yep. And he's not gonna, he's not gonna waste his time on people that aren't building the kingdom. He's gonna waste, he's gonna spend his time on people who are effective, fruitful, right. making a difference because right. If he can discourage you or wear
1: you out or get you distracted, then he wins. Mm -hmm. Amen. You mentioned mentioned C.S. Lewis earlier. Um, One of my favorite quotes from him, I can't say it exactly how he said it, but he said, when it comes to evil and the enemy and his minions, um, he's perfectly happy with one of two points of view. He's perfectly happy with the people who say, oh, that's stupid. He doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And he's perfectly happy with those who are obsessed and only, you know, can focus on on the evil one Mm -hmm. and uh, either strategy he feels content with. Uh So we need to be aware. We Mm -hmm. need to understand but then we can't be afraid of him no, right. because we have the Holy Spirit. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And I Amen. say that, listeners, just so that none of you walk away from this, you know, with more anxiety or freaked out with right. less hope instead of more hope.
0: Right. Um,
1: like, could I be deceived? Could I, you know, it. it's. Athena is saying very clearly, up front red flags. (laughs) Um, At hindsight, wow, get in the word, stay in the word, know the context of the word, and pay attention to your armor up. uh, And um, Athena, can you? I know we're running out of time and there's so much more incredible stuff to your story. Can you kind of just sum up? You, you got out of the cult and now here you are running Redemption Press, who uh, thankfully- The name is very March, aptly named,
0: well and, done.
1: Um, and so many other beautiful authors that really wouldn't have a chance to get their words out in the world through regular, um, I mean, through some of the big publishers right. because those are so limited today. But um, can you, in a nutshell, tell us
2: how did that all transpire? Well, you know, Satan overplayed his hand and uh, I ended up getting a letter in the mail certified uh, return receipt requested saying Mm -hmm. that if I didn't do such and such, they were going to take other measures, which I was like, so you're going to sue me? Wait a second! Mm-hmm. Isn't there a scripture that says, you know, you don't sue a brother? Don't right. take so that brother was
1: court Settle that it. was Yeah.
2: That kind of like all of a sudden, ding, 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 ding. Okay, and and just right on top of that, my brother, my, my late brother, who was not a believer, um, asked me a question that was like okay if they didn't realize this and if you didn't realize this why are you fully responsible for it why why aren't you sharing the responsibility yeah. and i'm like okay ding 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 i have been duped i mean that was just like all wow. of a sudden it all came together i called my youngest son i said come get me i'm done and yeah. as we went through the process of seeing lawyers and like okay yeah. so what do I even do with this? Right. It was a turning point when when he the lawyer went through the sale paperwork and just said this is fraud, 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 sham, fraud. Yeah. I mean, what they stole that company from me yeah. and it was fraudulent. Yeah. And so what that did for me, here I was thinking they were of God and I was just, you know, too unspiritual to see it. Right. Um I realized they did not represent God mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. and they abused that authority. And so mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I mean, because I was pretty much gonna just walk away from God. It's like, if this is God, God I don't want him. Right. And then to realize, no that wasn't God.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: that just set me on a journey of you know, getting counseling and really dealing with those things in my yeah. life that were leaving me vulnerable. And I just going through kind of, okay, Lord, just reconnecting and rebuilding relationships with my family. I went back to my ex-husband. He had been married a couple times since then and just said, you were right. I was wrong. Please forgive me. You know, mm-hmm. so we are on. We're friends again yeah. and he forgave me. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, God just threw a series of absolute crazy miracles, um, brought a man into my life whose wife of 49 years on her deathbed told him that he should marry me. And so now I am a pastor's wife. Wow and um God at the same time that he worked that. Uh, our first date was when he um, created Redemption Press for me to wow. come in and help all the authors from Wine Press who, when it all yeah. fell apart, yeah. you know, were without a publisher. So it's wow. just to watch the way he did it and, and how, I mean, yeah. you can't make that stuff up the way yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, she, she even said to me three months into meeting her. Mm-hmm. Uh, not knowing she was sick, she said, you know, I told Ross, if anything ever happens to me, he needs to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> and the sailboat that he had bought 13 years ago had, you know, they put a new name on the back, but the mm-hmm. original name was in, stitched in the curtains.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Athena. <gasps> Athena.
1: <laughs> no. I know,
2: <laughs> I know, it's wild. Oh it's my goodness. Absolutely wild. Well, so you can't see my face, but you heard my exclamation. It's just like, what? Yeah.
1: And listeners, if you want more details, you just, you just uh, you go to at Dean Holt and get her book and you can get more details on exactly. But the, the big picture is God rescued, Good he man. redeemed, Mm-hmm. And he is using all things, working them together for good, yes. for his purposes. One to form you, Athena more and more like Christ, obviously. But then so that your ministry has such a powerful authenticity and and through sharing your story, you mm-hmm. give hope. You give hope to others. Look, everything can be imploding. You can yeah. lose your marriage. You can lose the relationship with your children. You can lose your your business, your financial. You can be scrubbing toilets. You can be mm. at the bottom of everything. But you turn your heart to God, He will give you an awakening. He will pull you out. And yeah. and it, listeners, if you could see Athena now, she's the joy. She has so much joy radi- radiating out of her eyes and her voice and her smile. She has such a team around her. Oh, when I met your team, Athena, down at the conference, beautiful, godly. Um, now, not everything is perfect in anyone's life ever, but Athena, you, your story, brings so much hope. If yeah. you could leave our listeners. With just one thing, um, that that could maybe give them hope in their own story, whether it's dramatic or it's an everyday, you know, not um, story. Is there one thing you could leave our listeners with? I would say that um,
2: what God has worked in my heart has been this: okay, Lord, I don't really like this that's happening right now. But rather than whining about it, which is what I used to do, I will say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What is the lesson that I can learn from this struggle? He loves to answer that prayer. He loves to do it. And what it does is it it takes us from being resentful or bitter to being expectant because, wow, Lord, what are you going to teach me out of this? Because this is really bad. So what are you going to teach me? And that way, what he teaches you, I mean, first of all, people watch you go through that hard situation, learning. And then, so it just, it turns into a ministry because then when you meet other people who need to be encouraged that, you know what, God can do some pretty amazing things. And I'm, I'm living proof.
0: Right. Right. Well, I mean, because Jesus told us we're going to have hard times, period. You're going to have trouble. I think some translations say suffering. It's just, it's part of the human condition because of what sin has done to the world. But then he says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so um, while there is an allowance from the sovereignty of God, because he will not overrule our free will, there is also goodness in the sovereignty of God, that He knows it, and He is just waiting for us to call out to Him, um, because He is, He does hear the cry of the brokenhearted, and He does heal the wounded, and He's just so good. And it's sometimes hard to hear that in the middle of the trouble of life that God is good, and He only does good. He's faithful. It's what it's something that I hold on to. He is faithful. I may not like it. I may not understand what's happening. I will trust him because he is good and he is faithful, and I know this will work out. And here's something about it lately: if it doesn't work out on this side of eternity, when I pass from this life, I win. That's right, he's faithful, <laughs> and I have eternal life promised to me. My name's in the book. Yep. So Amen. I love that so much. That's so. Thank you. I have hope <laughs> coming to me, Athena.
2: Amen. So well, funny. and just one last little thing: um, streams in the desert. Dreams in the Desert, best devotional ever. Yes. When you're going through hard times, and that that sustained me and really taught me to appreciate the suffering and yeah. the hard times and the you know what God will do in the midst of that. it's so good. I love
1: that. I love that. Another thing we have in common, Athena. When I uh, we were being sent to 29 palms california in the in the heart of the mojave desert from washington dc and i was mortified i'm like lord why why do i need a desert experience and one of my friends gave me that devotional streams mm-hmm. in the desert and i thought it was a joke. i thought she was kidding like she just found that and thought it'd be funny because she knew i'm like no i like water i like Grass, I don't like desert. So she gave me that devotional, Streams in the Desert. And truthfully, you're dead right, Athena. That devotional changed my perspective on hardships, suffering, trials in a beautiful daily dose where I could wrap my mind around it yep. and start learning. Learning, suffering hurts, <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. It can be such a tool. Not that, not that God sends it on us, right? but he will use it. He will use yeah. it for our good. Um, oh my, we could talk forever. We could talk forever, <laughs> Athena. Thank you so much for uh, coming on this and for all you do uh, mm-hmm. for people out there in the world, women, women and men uh, like me that, um, that have words that want to get out there to people and, and you help, you encourage, you send hope because you point people to the one who gives hope. He okay. is our hope listeners. Yeah. Connect well with him and um, tune in again next week as we keep, or two weeks from now, as we keep um, um, just hearing more different stories about how God sends real hope in times of need. It's okay. Athena, thank
0: you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Listeners, we love you. Bye. Bye.